wherever you are in your spiritual life, wherever brought you here today, whatever um, is heavy on your heart, that today God would speak to us and he would call us and you would hear from him clearly. So let's pray for that. Father, we ask that you would speak. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would give clarity. I ask that you would take these words that I speak and that you would um, use them for your glory. And I pray that for us, the orchard, you would transform us continually into people who more than ever love God and love people. And everyone said? Well, today I'm talking about a topic that um, for some of you, you will groan, others you will cheer, others you will shrug. We're talking about missionaries today. Yeah. And there you go. And anytime you talk about missionaries, I know some of you are afraid I'm going to put up a slideshow and it's going to be two hours of me showing you slides of different mission trips, but it's not that. Uh, we're talking about missionaries today, and, and talk about an intimidating job, a missionary. I mean, the, the fringe of the Christian ministry, there they are in a grass hut, right? And they always have like 20 kids for some reason, you know? And, and there they are, and, and they're, they're preaching with a translator. We have all kinds of different visions of what it means to be a missionary. But there's something so brave and admirable when it comes to missionary work. You see, missionaries, they're willing to give up all the comforts of home for a calling to a people far from, from where they are. And, uh, and missionaries, they're a rare breed of Jesus' follower. You know, missionaries, they view their purpose as more important than their preferences in life. And missionaries, they have, they have placed the calling of God above their own comfort. And I love that, the calling above the comfort and the purpose above the, the preferences. The missionaries, they look at God's kingdom and the call there, and they choose to elevate that above their pursuit of luxuries. And, and missionary work, it sounds exotic, and, um, I, and afterwards, we're going to have all of you guys go through a, a sign-up sheet to sign up for which country you will go to. So just so we're all on the same page, start, start thinking now where yours would be, um, it sounds exotic and it sounds fun until we find out you could end up in a country with no Wi-Fi or Target. You know, no Target. What are you going to do on the weekends? Did you know that no one goes to Target to get anything? You go to Target and you get a cart. And that's where it all starts. And from there, it's like some sort of choose your own adventure down the aisles. And you end leaving thinking, I didn't even know I needed this. But there I am. Like Target is just a cart. And then you, and you, they fill it with things and you leave. And what would you, but, but they've put their calling above the comforts of Wi-Fi and, and Target. I mean, their purpose above preference. No daily shower, no problem. Calling over comfort. No Netflix and chill, no problem. No snooping on other people's Pinterest to see what life events they have coming, no problem. No rounds of golf, no cracking them open with the boys. Like, they've chosen calling over comfort. And there's something about that that is so, well, we don't want that, do we? It's so funny, in, in this job, I've heard over and over and over for my entire ministry career, People who are actually afraid that God will call them to be a missionary. Afraid of God calling them. And people are saying, listen, I'm afraid if I go all in on this Jesus thing, he's going to tell me to move to Africa or like Grand Junction or something. <laughs> Let's be honest. We know where the people need help, right? But if I go all in with Jesus... I don't know what he's going to call me to. We, this is a tangible fear for people. I've heard it. I've said it. I thought it. We, maybe you've thought it. Now, obviously, I'm making some rather outrageous jokes here, but there's a grain of truth in all of this. Because you see, oftentimes, it's our comfort 
and it's our preferences that get in the way of our calling and our purpose. We'll put our comfort ahead of our calling. We'll put our preferences ahead of God's purposes. So we're looking at this missionary work. And so what exactly is a missionary? Like, what is it we're saying no to? We should know, right? What is it we're afraid of? Well, a missionary is someone who's called to a foreign country, right? Someone called to, a, to minister to a specific people or a specific place. But that begs the question, if a missionary is called to a specific place or people, what about the rest of us? Like, what are we called to? If I didn't get that special, like, Navy SEAL Christian calling, what do we do? Where am I called to? What calling do I have? And I know these questions are just bubbling to the surface. I can see them all over. And I'm glad you're asking that because I have an answer today for you. You see, I think God wants each of us to be a missionary. And I want that to sink in, that Jesus wants you to be a missionary. All your greatest fears are now confirmed. Like of all the weeks that show up, it's at this moment you're wishing that it was the tithing money sermon. But no, it's this missionary sermon. <laughs> and that Jesus wants you to be a missionary. Well, here's the deal. It's okay to think about being a missionary. But, but we have that question. The question is, where? And the destination makes a lot of difference, doesn't it? So let's, let's, we have a vision, we had a video here that helps us kind of work through this question of where would God be calling us.
<laughs> Missionaries. Where do we go? And they, the destination makes a lot, of di- a lot of difference, doesn't it? Well, before we go any further, I want to throw a, just a big wrench in the entire sermon and let you know that the word missionary is not even in the Word of God. It's not even in the Bible. In fact, the missionary wasn't even seen, that word, until about the 17th century. And so we have something that we're afraid of being called to that isn't even in the Bible. And for some of you, you've already found your loophole. Well, I was tracking with that preacher and I was thinking about being a missionary until he told me it wasn't in God's word. You see, there's certain sermons where some of us become just experts on the, uh, on the Bible. I was going to do it, but then I found out my Lord and Savior didn't even know the word missionary. How can I take part in such a thing? Well, you're almost off the hook. You're almost in the clear, but let me just finish off a little more, okay? This word missionary, again, not in the Bible, split into two parts. First part is mission. And we get this. It's where we get to be sent. But we've known what mission means since the Blues Brothers days. I'm on a mission from God, right? We know what a mission is. It's something you undertake that means everything to you, that means a lot to you. And then we have, we end it with area, the this, this suffix. And, and missionary is someone who engages in the mission. It would translate into people of the mission. And so a missionary is a person of the mission it requires a mission and jesus has one and it requires a people and if we take our feelings and our biases and understandings out of the word missionary and instead focus on what it means to be a person of the mission things begin to change i want to clarify something when it comes to the mission of god when it comes to what it means the mission of god each and every one of you who claims to be with Jesus, is called to God's mission. When you come to Jesus for salvation, you become a person of the mission. If you claim any affiliation with Jesus, you believe in him, you trust in him, you have faith in him, he's calling you to be a person of the mission. He calls you to his mission. In John 20, 21, Jesus spoke this. He was the first missionary. Jesus said, as the Father sent me, he was sent here to us. He said, I am sending you. As I've been sent, I'm going to send you to be people of the mission. Oswald Chambers, in my utmost first highest, echoes this when he says, a missionary is someone sent by Jesus Christ, just as Jesus was sent from God himself. So we're following in the footsteps of what it means to be a Jesus follower. You see, missionary is such an exclusive term. Only a select few are called to go do that crazy stuff overseas with somebody somewhere else. But people of a mission, we're all called to that. So we can all step into what it means to being called to God's mission. So maybe we drop the term missionary just for this sermon because it's so exclusive. And let's focus on what it means to be a person of the mission. What does that mean? Well, it means that we are called to go into the world and live and speak, and act, and proclaim, and call others to Jesus. And I know you're thinking, that sounds a lot like a missionary. You're just, you're just switching the terms. I know what you're doing. Well, just hang with me. You see, if there's a mission, there must be a mission field. And this is where we get nervous again, right? Because where matters. If it's Aruba, hey, I could do a mission trip to Aruba. Where matters. And we start to get nervous on what it could mean. Again, let's listen. God, nowhere without air conditioning. And, and just let's make a rule. No Arctic, anything. Right? No Arctic. 
So you're sitting here today and you're thinking, okay, where, where is it? I know there's those called to mission work, but what about my calling? What about my mission field? What would it be? And I have an answer for you, and it's found in today's, today's readings in Acts 18. I'm going to tell you the first foreign mission field for each one of you. It's plain as day right here in Acts 18. So let me read it to us. You can follow along on the screens. Acts 18, verse 5. We're following Paul as he travels around preaching. Let me read up here. When Silas and Timothy came from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself exclusively to preaching, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah. But when they opposed Paul and they became abusive, can you imagine that, a sermon where the people become abusive? I can't imagine that. He shook out his clothes in protest. He shook his clothes out and said, you know what? Blood be on your own heads. I'm innocent of it. From now on, I'm going to go to the Gentiles. Next verse. Then Paul left the synagogue and went next door to the house of Titius Justice, a worshiper of God. Crispus, the synagogue leader, and his entire household believed in the Lord, and many of the Corinthians who heard Paul believed were baptized. Did you see where it is? Did you get the first place you're, you're supposed to go? You caught it, right? Right? Is it Corinthian? Is it Corinth? No, it's plain as day. It's right there. When people ask me, if I'm not called to some foreign country, where am I called to? And the, listen, you're called to a country. I'm going to give you the name of it. It's called Sunamoreo. Everybody say it with me. Sunamoreo. Sunamoreo. Sunamoreo, yes. And when it comes to being a missionary, when it comes to being a person of the mission, your first foreign destination is Sunamoreo. And it's found in verse 7, right here. There it is. Paul left the church and went next door. And the Greek word right here is sunomoreo. The first place he went was sunomoreo. He left and went next door. And I want to tell you about your calling as God is calling us, like Paul, to go to sunomoreo. When you leave the church, when you leave your house, when you leave your home base, you simply go to the mission that is next door. Now, what does this mean, proximity? Does it have to be like next door? Well, sure, but it doesn't have to be. Some of you don't have neighbors. Some of you don't like your neighbors, and that's a different sermon for a different day. But sunomoreo, it doesn't just have to be proximity because the word also has to do with being connected. So it's those who are close to proximity, but those who are also close to us in our heart, those who we're connected to. This includes, but does not, there's, there's others included in this, your family, your kids, your friends, your coworkers. These are the people you live and work and recreate next to. These are the people in your realm of your proximity and in the realm of your affection in your heart. So when we come to Jesus, he calls us to take this salvation that we have, something that we have within us, and take it to Sunamoreo, to take it next door, next cubicle, next desk over, next house, next phone call, next camp out, next business trip, next, vaca next vacation. Your mission field is wherever you are. Your mission field is wherever you go. Your mission field is to whoever you talk to. You take the love of Jesus with you at all times, and the best place to start is Sunamoreo, next to you. Whatever that would be, whoever that would be. So we have a location, but what does it mean to take this out? What does it mean to be a person of the mission? What does it mean for us if we're going to be these, these people? It means first and foremost, you must know the mission of God. It means you must believe in the mission. And it means we must know that we are on mission. What does it mean to be on mission? Listen, a person of the mission has God's perspective on their life. And because of that perspective, they see it 
from God's vision. And it, it changes a few things for them. Here's what it changes. They know that their small kingdom will pass and fade, but that God's eternal kingdom goes forever. They know that the business they have and all the life they're building is a small K kingdom and it will pass. But God's capital K kingdom will go on forever. It's eternal. And so they make the trade. I'm going to invest in God's eternal kingdom because I know my kingdom fades. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first God's kingdom. And the theologian William Law said it best, If you have not chosen the kingdom of God first, it will in the end make no difference what you have chosen instead. Seek first God. People of the mission seek God's kingdom above all things. They build God's kingdom above all things. A person of the mission realizes that their preferences are small and compared to the purpose of God. Like my preference is keeping me from engaging in the purpose. But a person of the mission realizes my preferences are small and based on comfort. But the purpose is large and based on God's calling. Ephesians 4, 1 says this. It tells us to live a life worthy of the calling that God has given us. To step into that grand calling. A person of the mission strives to live a life of eternal and divine purpose. Bringing light, bringing love, and bringing redemption wherever they go. A person of the mission also puts the calling above their comfort. You know, calling is such a big and vast eternal thing. And the person of the mission chooses an eternal calling over a daily comfort. Luke 9, 23, Jesus says this, If anyone would come after me, let them deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. And a person of the mission has nailed their fleshly desire for comfort to the cross, and they pick it up and follow Jesus on a calling. People of the mission know that their faith was not meant to thrive in a comfort zone. So they take it out. Person of the mission sees all their resources as a means to God's eternal end and gives generously. A person of the mission leverages their present for an eternal future. Because they're on mission. The mission counts for so much more. If you believe in Jesus as your, I'm going to talk to just one group here for a second. If you believe in Jesus as your Savior, you have been called to the mission. We can no longer put it aside for missionaries. If you believe in Jesus, you've been called to the mission. You've been called to the greatest mission the world has ever known. The most glorious calling there is. You've been called to love God with all that you are, to love people the way he loves them, and to give what he's given you to others and call them to him. What does it mean? What's this mission? The mission is this, to see the world redeemed. The mission is this, to see the hurting healed, the unlovable loved, the unforgivable forgiven, the downtrodden receive God's justice, the darkness in this world retreat from the light of Christ, to see hatred replaced by unity, to see the lust of this world defeated by love and respect, to see the marginalized, to see them celebrated, the discarded accepted, the exploited protected. The calling of God is to see the lonely loved and the hungry fed and the orphans held and the widows honored and the broken healed and the addicted freed and the lost found. The mission of Christ is no small thing. It's not just, it's, it's not a responsibility that you just do out of obedience. It is a privilege, a divine privilege when you see all that the mission is and all that it means, not only in light of eternity, but for, for us here on earth. It changes everything. It's a grand giant calling and we in jesus are people of the mission called to be on mission 
The truth is, there is no lack of mission, but there is a lack of people doing it. You see, we wait. We sit here and we wait for those who, quote, feel the call to some special place to go do something for us, when in fact, we have all been called by God to be engaged right now, right here, wherever you are. Jesus laid down his life, and he asked us to lay down our lives, to, to sacrifice our addiction to comfort, and to pick up the calling of Christ and follow him with our life. Jesus lived this mission that we're called to. He modeled it for us. He modeled what it means to love God and love people above all else. And the mission moves forward when we make one bold decision at a time. This mission moves when you make a bold decision. And that's what God oftentimes is waiting for us to step into this flow, to step up into it and make a bold decision. We've been talking about having your yes ready. Like, have your yes ready. Because the Spirit will prompt you or, or direct you or, or give you a, a feeling to go help somebody or speak to somebody. Have it ready to go be on mission. You're a person of the mission. The mission moves where we move. When this, when this truth of what the Bible says begins to sink down into the soul and the core of who we are, we realize that where we go the presence of God goes with us. When you arrive somewhere, the spirit of God that is divine and powerful is present in that moment. Where you go, God's presence is. Mark 16, 15 says, oh, I'm sorry, John 1, 14 says, it's talking about Jesus, the first, ministry, the first missionary. He became flesh and dwelled among us. And guess what? When we believe in Jesus, his spirit dwells within us still. And where we go, the spirit of God is. So where we move, the mission moves. The mission also speaks when you tell your story. When you open up and proclaim, the mission moves. Mark 15, 16, 15 says, go into all the world and preach or proclaim the gospel to all creation. Go proclaim, go preach. And, and what, what does it mean to proclaim? It means open your life and open your mouth. These are the words of Jesus. Go. Preach, proclaim, open your lips, open your mouth, and tell somebody, tell others what God has done for you. And what does it say, what does it say we're to tell? What does it say to tell? The gospel. What is the gospel? It's a, it's a word that means good news. Go tell the good news. What's the good news? That Jesus died and rose again to set us free. That Jesus offers us life and life to the full. We carry an amazing, precious message, and he asks us to go open our mouth and speak the good news. The mission involves telling other people our story. And people of the mission, we know that our words and our testimony is valuable and it's powerful. And so we tell our story of what God has done. And finally, when we, when we are uh, to be people of the mission, we look at God's, sorry, Jesus' final words to us. He's getting ready to, to leave the disciples and ascend back into heaven. And, and whatever he says here is going to be pretty important, right? His final words, and he speaks something called the Great Commission. Say that with me. Say Great Commission. It's, it's, when, it's him sending us. This is what Jesus' last words to us. The Great Commission, the mission for those who are going to follow behind him. This is what he asks of us. Let's put it up here. Mark 20, Matthew 28. When Je then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, 
and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Go to all people and proclaim. Make disciples. Open your mouth. Speak. Live it in front of them. Love them. Show them. Be generous. to Show the light and love of Jesus and make disciples of people. He invites us. He calls us to a mission that is epic, that is big, that involves using our, our, our hands to help others, our words to speak truth and speak life. And, and today, you might not feel like a missionary. That's okay, because missionary for us in our cultural context, again, is going to that far-off country. You might not feel like a missionary, but in Jesus, you are a person of the mission. God does have specific calls he gives some people to go to specific people. And I would say for the rest of us, there's a specific call on your, on your life to be a person of the mission right here, right where you are. That there are people around you in the cubicles and desks and beds and rooms, wherever you are in your life, that need the light and life of Jesus. So, even though you may not feel like a missionary, you are a person of the mission in Jesus. You might never go to a foreign land, but God's calling us to go to Sunamoreo, to go what is next door, to go to the people around you, next to you. Your calling is to love God and love people. And our hope is that through our words and our life, that people would see the truth of Jesus and respond. His final command to us in the Great Commission, go tell the world, sorry, go into all the world, tell people about Jesus, and baptize them. And something fun we're going to do next week, we have a couple of baptisms that I'm very excited about. And if you're here today, just in a society, and you said, you know, you followed Jesus in faith, but you've never been baptized, I want you to consider next week or a week in the future, as we're going to, um, it's the symbol of baptizing, being buried with Jesus and risen again. And if you would say, you know, I was baptized as a, as a kid or, or um, a different point in my life, but you want to, as an adult, make a decision, Come talk to us. We want to we do that. Next week, we're going to see some people as they tell their story, proclaim their story, and follow Jesus in baptism. And so, there are those of us here today who know and follow Jesus. There are those of us who say, I've settled in my heart that Jesus is my Savior. I've settled that. And, and because of, what, of this, we are asked to step into the mission of Jesus. This is a wake-up call that all of us would know without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus has called us to his mission to love God and love people and take it to the world and make disciples of everyone. And who is your Sunamoreo? This is what you need to ask yourself. Who is next to you in your life that God would call you to? It doesn't have to be complicated. Who's, who's near you? Who's around you? Who do you work with? Who do you recreate with? Who is it God would say, this is your mission field? You know, when you come and take communion... It's a question for you to ask the Holy Spirit. Like, who, who, who would it be? Where, if I'm going to leave this place, it says, it says in verse 7, it says that Paul left the church and went next door. If you were to leave this place and be on mission, where would you go? Who would you talk to? Like Paul, let's leave and be on mission. Ask the Holy Spirit, who would it be? For those of you here today, and you would say, my heart is not settled on Jesus as my Savior. I'm here, but I have not yet made that decision. Um, or I don't know where it is, that, where I stand with Jesus. I would say this. Maybe you're just checking it out. Maybe you're here with somebody. Maybe you've been wounded by religion and church in the past. Whatever it would be, whatever your story is, I want you to know this, that you are called and you are invited to join Jesus in this. You're called to him, to follow him. But I want to tell you this. You're not called to be religious or judgmental. 
His call isn't to come and be a church person. His call is to be something gloriously better. He calls you to forgiveness of your past, to peace in your present, and hope for your future. He doesn't call you to be religious. He calls you to redemption. He doesn't call you to a life of pretense. He calls you to a life of purpose. He doesn't call you to more guilt and shame. He calls you to freedom from guilt and shame. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, the call of Jesus is far beyond what you've been taught or what you've experienced because he calls you to life and life to the full. And so as we go into communion today and you come up and you take the symbol of his body and his blood that were shed on a cross, and I want to remind us, we don't have any classes or anything to go through to take communion. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. And if you're here and you want to remember his sacrifice, you are free to come do so. Take the bread take the juice, and just say, Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice that, that I, can, I can come to the Father. Thank you for your forgiveness. And Jesus, help me to know what it means to be a person of the, of the mission. Who should I go to? Who? Ask him. For those of you who need prayer today or who would um, want to talk about baptism or salvation, Charlie's up here in the front. I'm in the front. We might have some people praying on the sides. But we would ask that as we go into this last song that you would listen to God and his prompt. Who would it be that you go to? What would your next steps be? And remember, these songs aren't just something you sing. Have this song be a prayer from your heart to his. So Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that um, your call is so vast and glorious, yet it's so personal. That it's, that it's, it's universal, it's, it's, it's global, yet it's right here in this room with us. You've called each of us to be people of the mission. I pray you would show us what our mission is. Lord, we thank you for those who go to far-off places. I pray that if that's us, you would tell us. And Father, we thank you for those that go to close places. Reveal what it looks like to be a person of the mission, to love God and love people. Amen.